0: Good morning, People's Church. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, less than a week to go until Christmas Day, so if you have not started your shopping yet, good luck. For those who are new to following Christ, or perhaps on the outside looking in, curious about what it means to be a Christian, an area that does not often make sense is when you hear people who follow Christ say something like God called me, I heard from God, the Holy Spirit led me, or maybe something like I was facing a difficult situation and through reading the Bible in prayer, it was clear God told me what I should do. Now, if you're an outsider looking in and there are times that you may be suspicious when a Christian uses a phrase like this, like maybe they're actually just saying what they want to do and they're just putting this stamp on top of it, like God told me to do this. If there are times when you're suspicious, we want you to know there are times when those of us who are followers of Christ are suspicious when other Christians say a phrase like, well, God told me to do this. Here's what we're after. We're after stripping away ulterior motives. What we're going after is to get the most out of the limited time that we have. Those of us who are followers of Christ, what we're striving for is a pure heart that cries out, Father, not my will, but yours. Or like the prophet Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And what we're saying is, God, it is my desire to be used for your purposes. Most of the time, we don't hear an audible voice from God. Although it's been said, if you want to hear out loud what God says, read the Bible out loud. But through reading the Bible, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, which comes to live in the believer, that's where we get moved To take God-sized steps of faith to be part of his purposes. The message that I want to share with you this morning has been on my heart for quite some time. And I believe that today is the right day to share this. Jennifer and I, with our four kids, the biggest step of faith we took in our married and family life was to move from Wisconsin to Oregon in summer of 2020. As it played out, we served alongside Pastor Scott and Bonnie Erickson, for eight months before we became senior pastor, a couple of this church. The Erickson's, we love them. Pastor Scott is a, is a treasured friend and mentor. And we talk still about once every week or every other week. And as I've said, I'm so thankful that he did not change his phone number and not tell me the new number. He continues to take my calls. And I know that the Erickson's continue to watch often on Sundays. What Jennifer and I experienced is what we would likely talk about if we are ever asked to speak at a marriage conference or a marriage retreat. Because when we think about the phrases, God told me, the Holy Spirit led me, the living and active Bible, God's word directed me, this is what to do. It becomes a whole nother level when it's not just God and me, and it's God and we. What Jennifer and I experienced is a greater measure of God's presence as the Holy Spirit spoke to each of us individually about the journey that he is bringing us on together. And so this is where we rejoin our teaching series, Expecting Jesus. Leading us up to Christmas. The Bible records three interactions that Mary had while she was expecting Jesus prior to the birth of Jesus. There was the encounter with the angel Gabriel. Last week we talked about Mary visiting her relative Elizabeth. And this week we're going to talk about Mary and her interaction with her, the man who would be her husband Joseph. Each of these interactions play a role in revealing to us how God speaks to imperfect people about carrying out his perfect purposes. These interactions put together may very well be how Mary would have answered the question if anyone had asked her, Mary, what do you remember about expecting Jesus? So today we look at Mary and Joseph... And what we're going to see through this relationship is how God speaks the same message to husband and wife at different times and in different ways. Mary and Joseph are called individually to carry out God's purposes together. Marriage is God's idea. It is the closest human relationship that God designed. What Jennifer and I have experienced, as I believe many of the married couples here have experienced, is that God will absolutely give plans that challenge couples. However, you can clap for that. Never know when the Holy Spirit might prompt to respond. God will give plans that challenge couples. God will not give a plan to a married couple that will separate them. God will not give you a plan in your marriage that will separate you from your spouse. Now, in a setting like this, we have people who are in all different places in their journey, in all different places in relationship. We have people who are married. We have people who are remarried. We have marriages that are healthy. We have some marriages that we're praying restoration over. We have everyone in between. We have couples where one person is all in for Christ and the other person is far from Christ. We have people whose spouse is in heaven. We have people who want to be married. We have people who used to be married. We have single, dating, and engaged. So going into this, we know that everyone's in a different place. All right? What we're going to talk about, it may speak directly into your marriage. It may be spiritual wisdom that you will bring into a future marriage. It may be wisdom that you will speak into or pray over the marriage of a couple that you know. And I believe that many of us, as we hear God's word today, we're going to reflect back on how God has previously led marriages and families to be together in part of his purposes. Now, today, we have the privilege of looking back on the historical account of Mary and Joseph, and we know how it all played out. We know the rest of the story. We have to remember that these are real people living at a real moment in history with very real reactions. Joseph and Mary are in this community, Nazareth. The Bible uses the word city. We said this, that city is a very generous word to describe Nazareth, especially by today's understanding. Because Nazareth was likely a farming village of a few hundred people, this place would be politically, economically, socially insignificant in relation to the larger nation. And what we've seen throughout the historical record of Jesus' birth is that to accomplish his great purposes, God intentionally selects people and places considered insignificant in culture's view. So Joseph and Mary are engaged. And engagement then looks different than it does now 2,000 years later. At that time in history, the families were involved. There was an agreement that in front of witnesses that was considered legally binding when you became engaged. And so to end an engagement would have involved a formal divorce process. It went as far as during the time of betrothal or engagement... The couple would even refer to each other as husband and wife. Even though the sex would wait until after the marriage became the marriage. From what we read about Mary and Joseph, honoring God was important to them. And they wanted to honor the marriage path of that day. And let me share this with you. God will honor your marriage if you honor his way of dating engagement, and marriage. God will bless you if you choose to live it out that way. For Mary and Joseph, this was all going along as expected (laughs) until the unexpected happened. Mary's pregnancy was unexpected, but it was not unplanned. God had a plan From the beginning of time to send his son. The plan was revealed to Mary in his perfect timing. Remember the angel Gabriel visits Nazareth to bring God's message to one person to Mary. Luke chapter 1 verses 30 and 31. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Looking back a few weeks ago, we talked about how what's been said so far, this would be a big deal to Mary, but it may not seem worthy of a message delivered by an angel. Why? Because Mary was committed to be married, so becoming pregnant in the near future would not be too much of a stretch. Also, even naming him Jesus wasn't out of the ordinary. In fact, Jesus was one of the most common given names of the day. The name Jesus means God saves or God rescues. And Mary is about to find out that Jesus will not just be her son's name. It will be his mission. Verses 32 and 33. This is the angel messenger speaking to Mary. He, your son, will be great and will be called son of. Of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now Mary, of all the questions that she could ask about how, it, God, how is it possible that a boy born in this politically, socially, economically insignificant town, How is it possible that that boy will grow up to have a kingdom that will never end and be the son of God? All the questions that Mary could ask. What does Mary ask? She asks, how is this going to be possible because I am a virgin? In other words, how is this all going to get started? It sounds impossible. So for this all to be possible, Lord, what is the first step? You see, we can convince ourselves that God's future plans are impossible due to our present circumstances. And the angel responds, nothing is impossible with God. What Mary brings is her faithfulness, her commitment to living life God's way, but There is nothing under her own power that she can do to set this in motion. The impossible becomes possible when God acts. And that's exactly what happens here. Verse 35. And the angel answered Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy The Son of God. Now, if Mary's first question is, How is this possible? If this were us, our second question might be, How am I going to tell Joseph? Now, Mary had the conversation with Joseph, but we don't know when. As we look at the timeline, of when, between when Jesus, Mary heard from Gabriel and when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there are really two possible moments when the conversation with Joseph could have happened. Let me show you a timeline here. So. Gabriel visits Mary, and to get this timeline, we combine the historical record that is found in Matthew with the historical record that is found in Luke. And what we know is that the Bible says, with haste, after Gabriel visited Mary, Mary went to be with her relative Elizabeth. Like, she went almost right away. So it's possible that between angel visiting Mary and her hurrying to be with her relative Elizabeth, it's possible that she would have told Joseph then. What is more likely is that Joseph learns that Mary is pregnant after Mary stays with Elizabeth, that three-month period, because uh, it just doesn't seem like it would seem very unlikely that Mary would say, Joseph, I am pregnant. Don't worry, though. It's God's plan. And by the way, I'm going to go be with my relative Elizabeth. So think about that while I'm away. Mary does tell Joseph, and it doesn't go well. Mary is convinced. Joseph is not. Turn back in your word to Matthew chapter 1. When Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to do what? To divorce her quietly. Now at this point, Mary has heard from God. Mary has spoken with Joseph, but Joseph has not heard from God. Many of us, if we're honest, we would also be like joseph we would struggle to just go along with this what we see represented here is a place where there can be incredible tension in a marriage between god honoring people one person believes they have clearly heard from god the other person's reaction is to push back to reject the plan and possibly even reject the person The one who has clarity and confidence about the Holy Spirit's direction could say, you know what, what you're doing, you're not just rejecting me, you're rejecting God. This plan is from God. The other person, what that sounds like is you are saying, this is what I want to do, and you're just stamping God told me to do it, so there won't be an argument. Remember, we said God will give plans that challenge couples, but he will not give plans that separate couples. It's possible that God has given you a plan, a dream, a direction, a path, and you are afraid to speak it to your spouse because you fear the response. The angel told Mary, do not be afraid. A great prayer, if you find your place, if you find yourself in a place where God is giving you a direction and you haven't said anything because you fear the reaction... Or you have said something and it didn't go well. You can pray, God, if this is your plan for us, please tell my spouse. Give my husband, give my wife the message with the same clarity that you spoke to me. Many of us in Mary's position might pray, God, I tried to tell Joseph and you saw what happened. Father, you are going to have to tell him. And that's exactly what did happen. Verse 20, but as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What was Joseph's initial reaction before He received word from God. His initial reaction was divorce. His initial reaction was separation. His initial reaction is we have to call this off. Joseph is convinced that by calling off the marriage, he's actually doing what's best for all who are involved. But we can take so much for how Joseph responds. But as he considered these things... Joseph's first reaction is not his final response. God may speak a plan to you and you may need to be patient for God to make this clear to your spouse. Your husband or wife may share a plan that involves an unexpected turn. And just because it's unexpected, it does not mean that it is not part of God's plan. Your prayer may go something like this. Father, my wife, my husband, he loves you and he loves me. If this is from you, make this clear to me as well. And some questions to wrestle with. And this is uh, really when it's kind of the unexpected is interjected, not just in in a couple, but really in any area of life. Am I saying no or am I rejecting this because I am absolutely sure that this is not from God? Or... Is my reaction no, because I am in fear about how this is going to disrupt my expectations? God tells Mary and God tells Joseph, you do not need to be afraid. For God to speak that to both Mary and Joseph, it would tell us what? That they both have some pretty good reasons to be afraid. And so God, because he loves them so much, he loves us so much, he says, listen, I know there are many reasons for you to be afraid about what God is calling you to do. You do not need to be afraid. God is with those who are carrying out his purposes. Even for the most faithful people, fear is a natural reaction when God calls us to answer his call and follow his lead. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Mary didn't come up with this or make this happen through what she did. This is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will bear a son. This is what the angel in the dream tells Joseph. Mary will bear her son, and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Now Joseph has heard the same message that the son that Mary is carrying, his name is going to be Jesus, and it's not just going to be a name, it's going to be his mission. Now Matthew, he wrote his account of the gospel first to Jewish readers, and Matthew points out what is happening here is the fulfillment of what is promised, what is forecasted, what is prophesied through Isaiah hundreds of years earlier. Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now watch what happens after Joseph Hears from God in the dream. Watch what happens after God hears or God speaks to Joseph. Verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Knew her not. This is, of course, the biblical author politely saying that Mary and Joseph did not do what married people do until after Jesus was born. And we do know that Mary and Joseph had additional children. Two of them wrote books that are now part of our New Testament, James and Jude. The fact that Joseph took immediate action is what... This is why it makes the most sense that Joseph found out about the pregnancy after Mary returned from being with Elizabeth. Mary comes back. Mary tells Joseph. Joseph's reaction is to reject all of this, to divorce, to separate, to end things quietly. Thankfully, his initial reaction is not his final reaction. He considers these things. God speaks directly to Joseph through a dream. Joseph then takes immediate action. He commits to the marriage, and he gives the name Jesus. Now, Mary would not say this because she's Mary. But some of us might say, I told you so. God speaks the same message to husband and wife at different times and in different ways. For Mary, it was a face-to-face encounter with the angel Gabriel. For Joseph, God spoke to him through a dream. Now, many of you know your word and you know it well. Have you noticed this? That we have no quotes of anything that Joseph said. We don't have any words that Joseph spoke in conversation, what he said to Mary, what he said to anybody. We, what we know about Joseph is not from the words he spoke. We know about Joseph's faithfulness and obedience because of his actions. Mary and Joseph were each given a present task for a future purpose. Mary, Mary, carry the son of god in your womb and name him jesus joseph your assignment take mary as your wife name the child jesus mary and joseph are called individually to carry out god's purpose together there were challenges ahead Do you think that if you ask Joseph, Joseph, after you both heard from God and agreed to carry out his purposes, did life get easier for you after that? Well, I don't think so. He traveled with his pregnant, very pregnant wife from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census. There were death threats. It certainly did not become easier. Marriage is God's idea. It is the closest human relationship. As we've been saying, God will give plans that challenge couples, but he will not give plans that divide or separate couples. Jennifer and I moving here to Salem from Wisconsin, it was the biggest step of faith we have taken in our married or family life. And it was far from an immediate yes. And it's nothing to do with this great church or the great people of people's church. It wasn't because of anything or anyone here. It was fully because of family, friends, and a life that we loved in Wisconsin. In fact, after saying God had been taking us on this journey, and uh, it wasn't like we both had one exact moment, but God was working on our hearts separately, but the same message. And so it, it got to a place after we visited here uh, where we were going to come back and to look at homes, And we brought our, our kids along because we thought we'd find the house. They would see their rooms. They would be excited. We even brought Jennifer's parents along because they're into, to real estate. And we, we appreciate their advice. And so everybody's here and the trip went terribly. Like really bad, like the houses we liked weren't on the market anymore. It was hot. It was summer. The kids were not happy. The trip went so bad. That we got back on a Saturday night and Jennifer said, I am never going back to Oregon. (laughs) And I had made a commitment to her. I'm not going to drag you to do something that you, that God has not spoken to you about someone gave me that advice and it's advice that I would give any married couple that is struggling with, should we do this or should we not? Because if one person feels like they are dragged along against their will to do something, what's going to happen the moment that things go bad on the other end? See, I told you we never should have come here. So that was Saturday night. The next morning I'm thinking, how am I going to tell Pastor Erickson that we can't come anymore. How am I going to beg for the job back that I've resigned from here in Wisconsin? Less than 24 hours. See, God has a sense of humor sometimes. Less than 24 hours after uh, we were pretty much ready to move on, we found out about the house that we now live in. It was built by Vladimir and his team was right here in the church it was done Vladi, the exact week we needed it that's when you finished the construction it was such a beautiful home and the housing market it is such a beautiful home and the housing market is as it is right now things are moving fast if vladimir and and the team had finished the house even a week or two earlier it surely would have been sold if it was like mid construction jennifer wouldn't have waited And God clearly, that was one of the ways that God clearly spoke to us. This is what you are supposed to do. I said that what I shared today uh, has been on my heart for quite some time. Because this account of how God speaks to married couples through uh, what we see in the word through Mary and Joseph this God opened my eyes to this as we were in the process of allowing God to lead us here to Oregon. And much of what I've shared today was not just developed in the last couple of weeks preparing for this sermon. These are things that I wrote down in my personal prayer journal as we were allowing God to lead us. And I want to read to you what was written almost two years ago. Some, some quotes from what I wrote down. Father, if you are calling my family to another place, please speak clearly to the hearts of Jennifer, Savannah, Dahlia, Tucker, and Elsa, whatever that means for each of their ages. Call them as well. Calm their fears. Prepare us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. May the unity of the Spirit be felt across all who are involved. I wrote this down, Mary and Joseph heard clearly from God at different times. Mary and Joseph each heard directly from God as the most important line of communication. Without all of the information, without hearing from God, Joseph was ready to call everything off. Mary and Joseph were told that a higher purpose would be accomplished through their obedience. God spoke to Mary and Joseph separately. Both had doubts, questions, and fears. This is a prayer that I wrote down. Father, will you speak clearly to Jennifer? Will you prepare our kids, Savannah, Dahlia, Tucker, and Elsa? Father, speak in unity about this calling. You are stirring a dream in my heart that is impossible through me, but fully possible through you. Near the end of Luke chapter 2 As the story of Or the historical record of The birth of Jesus in those early childhood days uh, Is recorded there in Luke We see twice the phrase Mary treasured these things in her heart Because undoubtedly things would get difficult And whether you're following God solo or you're following God together as a couple, as you're allowing him to lead your marriage to be part of his purpose, there are times when it will be difficult. And many of you can say, been there, done that, maybe going through it right now. And that's when we need to go back to the treasures of our heart which is when God clearly spoke about what you were supposed to do. I remember even as we were going through this journey and as we've shared our testimony, Jennifer and I, people have said, remember the testimony of how God led you to people's church. Because there will be times when there are going to be challenging moments and you'll feel like giving up. You'll feel like, why did we do this? Remember how clearly God spoke to you about going there. Treasure it in your heart. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we're thankful that marriage is your idea. Father, you are faithful to speak clearly to praying people. Father, I believe that there are really specific situations that are represented by married couples... In this room, engaged couples, where they're seeking your direction, there may be questions, there may be doubts, even fear. Is this truly from you, Lord? Father, there may be husbands and wives who are caught in the tension moment right now where one person believes that they have clearly heard from God and the other person is not sure. Father, we ask in those situations, make it clear to husband and wife exactly what your direction is. Remove ulterior selfish motives. Give your direction. Make it clear, Father. Father, for those in this room who are not sitting next to a spouse today, for whatever reason, because they're single, because there's been a separation, because... One has gone on to heaven. Father, I believe that you have downloaded many of these things today so that they can pray over another couple, perhaps children or grandchildren, and their marriages. Thank you, Father, for the way that you spoke to Joseph and Mary, separately, but with the unity. Father, we know that the Christian life is not lived ever in isolation, and we're thankful that you are a God of clarity, not of confusion. And whatever confusion may be represented here today, Father, we ask that you would bring that Holy Spirit clarity in the name of Jesus.